All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Behind the Mic podcast. We are here for season two, episode 15. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode. Next week, we talked to the voice of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish women's basketball team, as well as the South Bend Cubs, Greg Sims. So something to look forward to there, no doubt. Social media, Facebook is BTM Podcast Alex, and Twitter is BTM Podcast underscore Alex. My guest today, I'm very pleased to have on the program. I've gotten to hear his voice at multiple IHSA state finals events, football and girls basketball to be particular. Jeff Fritzen. Jeff, how are you doing? Very good, Alex. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Obviously, as you and I can both attest to the atmosphere of an IHSA state finals event, when did this whole idea of being an announcer start for you? Was it something you wanted to do? Did somebody approach you? How, how did that thought all get going in your mind? Yeah, I, I'm probably not unlike you or some others that I've met, uh, you know, that uh, are pursuing this a little bit uh, more aggressively in, in today's market. But, uh, you know, as a, as a kid, I was a sports fan played my uh, dice games with baseball cards and things like that. And of course you announce those as you go along. Right. So uh, I think, uh, you know, that obviously was uh, kind of a start, but uh, uh, high school is when I first uh, jumped in behind an actual microphone and doing starting lineups for uh, our basketball games. I was a team manager for basketball and football, played baseball. And so I was always involved with uh, sports and the athletic department and, uh, you know, so when it came to basketball, we were putting the, we had the scoreboard where you put the names up on each side of the scoreboard, you know, so you, you uh, lowered those and put in the new cards for the names and numbers and raised them back up and uh, help run the scoreboard, help uh, do those things. And so I just uh, ended up doing the microphone. Now we didn't use a, an announcer to do uh, uh, throughout the game to announce each basket and things like that back in that time we just did the starting lineups the national anthem and away we went so but uh you know that interest uh grew as i uh, left high school i went to university high school in normal and uh, uh then to illinois state and uh, uh started working part-time at the pantograph newspaper the fall of my freshman year in college and so uh started to get into uh, the journalism side of things a little bit and uh that's where I met uh, Steve Adams. Uh, some people that listen to your show probably know who Steve Adams is. He was a longtime uh, PA announcer for uh, Illinois State University basketball and football and uh, passed away earlier this year, sadly, sad to say. But uh, Steve and I became fast friends at the, in our times together at the Panagraph. I was there for about seven years. And uh, so uh, he had done the same type of thing growing up in normal uh, at what they called the Muni League. It was a men's baseball league. And so uh, he did the PA announcing there. And when he left the Panagraph and went to work at Illinois State, he became the uh, PA announcer there. So he and I being friends and having that relationship and that interest in sports and the like, um, you know, just stayed connected. And eventually state football playoffs, you know, were started at, and played at Hancock Stadium that very first year at Illinois State. I actually was covering for the Panagraph the very first game early in the morning uh, when uh, Flanagan uh, won its uh, state championship. And so uh, uh, that was uh, exciting. And, and Steve was doing uh, the PA announcing. And, uh, you know, he, he then, as he kind of got more involved in uh, 
the Illinois, the Illinois High School Association things, I started spotting for him. And so it just one thing kind of led to another over a period of years, starting in high school, into college, into a journalism career. And then uh, that association that I had with uh, Steve, uh, you know, got me more involved and got me introduced to the IHSA stuff. You obviously had this tenure with the IHSA, which is really cool to begin with. What was that early time with the IHSA like? How much has the spectrum of high school sports changed over that years? And maybe even in more detail, what your experience was like as an announcer from that first year as a state finals voice as opposed to the 2020 year? Yeah, you know, the uh, the production level of the IHSA state finals is, is uh, tremendous. You know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But, uh, you know, back in those early days of the football playoffs in particular that I remember, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, a big team effort with the IHSA folks uh, and the Illinois State University uh, staff there at the stadium and, and their sports information people and the like. And so um, the, uh, uh, you really kind of felt uh, back then, and, you know, we're talking back in the mid-70s, so it's a long time ago, um, that uh, uh, you weren't sure just what was going to happen next or how it was going to go because uh, the, uh, the production wasn't quite as orchestrated or as uh, precise as it is now. And I just think, you know, as things have grown, as, as, as uh, just athletics in general have become more popular, more staple of our entertainment world, which we're experiencing right now, just how much it is because we don't have most of it. Um, and, uh, as that has grown, I think that, you know, the demand to have a, uh, a, uh, uh, a, a state finals event that really is an event, you know, and that everything's very well, uh, uh scripted and, and the like, um, I, I've just seen it grow in that way, you know, to become just really a high level professional, uh, operation. Over my short time as an announcer, particularly within the IHSA state final spectrum with softball, it takes some preparation. There's no doubt. Preparation is one of the most important things for announcers to know. That's a given. Softball, you got your starting nine, maybe a designated player or whatever, uh, reserves and what have you. Football, you're talking these big, long rosters. You're working the 1A through 4A Friday night or Friday and then the 5A, 8A Saturday what kind of preparation goes into that kind of atmosphere? Because it's already a good amount of prep, and I mean that in a good way, uh, for softball. We're talking these big rosters for football. What is that uh, week or maybe more preparation like for you for working state, uh, state football games? Yeah, it, it's also complicated by the fact you have Thanksgiving. You have a holiday week uh, right ahead of it. So um, – Back earlier on, uh, I had a couple of I would have a couple of spotters. I usually only use one now, but uh, you uh, you print it out your rosters. You go to the website, you print them out because you know the things in the programs are too small, and so you know you're on your own to to prepare all those kinds of materials. And you're right, preparation is the is the key to success in any of this. So I would print out my rosters, get them enlarged on a copier to where I you know they're easier to read and uh, you know put together a folder for each game and then one of my spotters uh, the day of the games you know they would head out looking for the radio announcers or somebody because one thing in football you know you're up in a press box 
and all the people associated with the team are down on the field. So you, you can't just go find somebody, tap them on the shoulder and say, how do you pronounce this name here? Or how do you pronounce that name there? And so uh, they would go looking for uh, help there and getting pronunciations. So it, that was prep, last minute prep that, uh, you know, they helped me do. So um, several years ago, I decided to take matters in my own hand and rather than do that and rely on that, and it became more difficult uh, when we started going to Northern as well because the setup wasn't the same. And then in the new press box at, uh, at the University of Illinois even, you know, it's, it's different. So it's a little, there's a little more space in between you and other people. So it's more difficult to go track people down. So I started contacting the schools directly, not the weekend of the semifinals, but the weekend of the quarterfinals. So I was contacting twice as many teams uh, as I would have had to had I waited a week, but because of that holiday and there were people there, you know, these are big deals for these schools. And so they're, you know, they are, have a lot of distractions, a lot of details take care of themselves. They don't need somebody, you know, firing in an email saying, Hey, can you help me with pronunciations? It's, you know, they'll put it on their list and they'll get to it if they can. But uh, so I started doing that, did that for a couple of years. And then uh, Matt Troja, when he uh, started the IHSA and, uh, you know, is, is, handling a lot of this aspect of their state final events. Uh, he started doing that uh, on his own. And that relieved me of, you know, the extracurricular thing I was doing on top of my job and everything else of trying to track that down. But that's, you know, that's the biggest thing is, you know, it's a state finals. You get, you may get one opportunity to get a, uh, a participant's name correct, you know, especially if they're not a starter or the like. And uh, so, you know, not that I, you know, I pride myself on getting names as correct as I can. You miss a few here and there, and you hear about it. Somebody helps you out a little bit sometimes. You know, back in the day at, at Hancock Stadium at ISU, you're you were within earshot of people in the stands, and so somebody might yell up at you. You know, and tell you it's pronounced this way. And uh, I appreciate that. You know, I'm not proud of. You know, I, I like to try to get them right, so we'll get them right. But uh, you know, that's that's the the biggest thing is trying to get those names right because maybe the one time in a state final setting that somebody's name gets announced. It's not just the IHSA saying when they say the future plays here, these state finals events are quite the spectacle. We talk about what it's like to work them as a public address announcer, but have you ever taken the time to just kind of sit back, whether it be in the PA chair as you're arriving to the venue and just, take in what a moment an IHSA state finals event is like and what, what do you think that is like? I do because, um, and I don't know that I understood this, you know, the first few years I was doing this, but I've come to understand this and, and, and it's kind of the maturation, maybe even in my career in commercial print, uh, when it came to my relationships with customers, I, I learned to appreciate things in a little different way over time. And, and, it, and over time, what I've developed is that um, my job, for because it's an IHSA thing and I'm in a neutral chair, I'm not the home you know, team announcer or anything, uh, my job is to help facilitate the event on behalf of the participants. And the participants here are the coaches and the players, the officials, and the fans. And when I, uh, for instance, when I get to Memorial Stadium or Husky Stadium um, on that Friday morning, and you get there pretty early, you know, I try to get there about two and a half, three hours before kickoff of the first game on Friday morning, uh, 
you do just kind of stop, stop and look around and look up the stands and you think, you know, this is really a special time for these kids, a special time for their schools and their communities and their families. And uh, man, I, you know, I'm going to do my best to facilitate the event and make it as special as I can for, for all of those participants. And so uh, I do kind of drink that in, you know, I, I'm real familiar with Redbird Arena, of course, living in normal and having, uh, you know, I, my association with Illinois State Athletics, uh, I, I've spent a lot of time in my lifetime at Horton Fieldhouse, Hancock Stadium and Redbird Arena. And uh, so it's a more familiar uh, venue, but, uh, you do see just how special it is for the kids. And uh, um, you, you sense that, you feel that. You know, girls basketball, you're on the floor, so you're right in the middle of everything. And you, and you see, you, you can even feel the tension sometimes, you know, with, with uh, the teams and stuff in the heat of the game. And you, and you just recognize and realize just how important it is in the moment, you know, to the kids. And uh, then, uh, you know, um, your job, you know, as an announcer is to contribute to that and to help build on that, I think. And, and so uh, uh, I, I do, you know, st stadiums and, and uh, arenas have always been interesting to me as a kid, you know, uh, they were, they were awe-inspiring and uh, uh, they still are in a way, but in a different way, not just to look at them now, but to understand what's going on there and, and how, uh, that affects and impacts the lives of, of those participating. And I know it's a broadcasting line, but I know Vin Scully would always say in his younger years that when he'd listened to the radio and he heard the roar of the crowd, that was like the most fascinating thing to him. And I think even in the last couple of years, looking at football and girls basketball, you can pull a couple of things right out. Like uh, the, I think it was Williamsville game winning touchdown last year. And I want to say three a over Byron, Girls basketball, you got, was it last year or the year before, Maine West and Macaulay, which, by the way, I'm not being told to say this. I'm saying this on a whim. Those two student sections were two of my favorites because they were, like, back and forth shouting the whole thing. And I can ima can't imagine. I'm sure you're pretty zoomed in on the game. But when you got situations like that, and then you got Morton, who affectionately calls it Redbird Arena or Potter Dome South or Potter Dome East or whatever just because of how many times they make it. Um, it creates a pretty good atmosphere when you get fans that are that passionate um, about their school. And especially in an enclosed venue like Redbird Arena, it makes for some pretty special weekends. Yes, yes. Interesting you mentioned Vince Scully. I, you probably don't know or didn't know that I'm a Dodgers fan. So, you know, that, that growing up, that was, you know, that was going to be the dream job, right? Being, being the next Vince Scully. But uh, I didn't have the, the desire to, to pursue and move around and try to, you know, grow in that career. But um, yeah, uh, you know, they're, like I say, you know, we have scripts that the IHSC provides and you try to do your best to get those announcements done. And, and then with uh, girls basketball, I have a, an IHSA staff member with me who uh, coordinates the band and the, uh, the uh, pre-recorded videos that they play on the scoreboard and things like, so, you know, there's a little team work there involved in, and whatever, and and she will ask me at different times, "Do you have anything you need to announce at the next timeout?" And uh, you know, the heat of the game is going to dictate that. And there are, there are times when 
I say, hey, they don't want to hear from me. Just let them cheer. You know, they're, they're excited. And, and, you know, going into a timeout or going into the end of a quarter, somebody makes a three-pointer or, you know, a steal and a layup or something and, and the fans get into it, you got to let the fans be fans. You know, they're, they're, uh, it's important to, to inform them but there, there are times when it's important just to let them be what they came there to be, and that is excited about, you know, what's going on. Now, another kind of elephant in the room is the pandemic that we're currently in. And I know uh, you weren't on the mic for it, but Roanoke Benson uh, played Chicago Fenger Academy, I believe, at Redbird Arena, and their super sectional won it. They're happy. First time to qualify for state since, I think, 1977. Then a couple days later, the news of the pandemic comes down. Boys basketball doesn't happen. Football is not happening in the fall, not Thanksgiving anymore. Who knows what's going to happen with a potential uh, girls basketball state series. How, I guess, this is kind of more of a generic question, but how have you been during all this sitting on the fact that the two state finals events that you announce, one of them you know is going to be at a completely different time if it does happen, and two, I'm not sure if it is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? We didn't realize when we wrapped up the girls' basketball last spring that we got in by the hair of our chinny-chin-chin. Chin. You know I mean? We got it done, and and uh, then the next thing you know, everything starts falling apart. And like you mentioned, the heartbreak for a great Roanoke Benson High School boys team, man, that's a tough, tough lesson, a tough life lesson. But, of course, we all say, you know, that's what sports is all about, right? You know, lessons that are going to help build you and grow you. And so – but yeah, I, you know, I, like you, I checked in with the IHSA about uh, football becoming a spring sport and, and when are you, you know, when might there be state finals or whatever, because I had some vacation things planned for next year. And of course they may even fall apart, but you know, I wanted to make sure I was going to be available. And, and it, it appears that, that, you know, and all of this is all fluid, of course, but uh, it appears, you know, football is going to, end with some kind of a regional type championship setting there's not going to be a state championship day or two where you have you know eight games in two days which is is quite a, a grind anyway but uh um and girls basketball uh, you know may be the same type of thing where they limit it to regional or sectional championships and that's that's where they call it quits I, you know it was i was kind of looking forward to figuring out and i you know hadn't really had serious discussions with the IHSA staff yet, but, you know, the format for the basketball finals is changing from the two weekends to one next, uh, next spring. And, uh, uh, you know, they kind of, as we wrap things up this past year said, you know, you think about it and you tell us what it is you want to do, how you want to handle it. And, uh, me being me, I, I want to be there for all of it, of course, you know, so, uh, I, yeah, that first year anyway, let's see if I can grind it through three days of basketball from morning till, till night and uh, whatever. But, and so we probably won't get that chance this year. But um, I can't imagine because, you know, the end of a high school career is sometimes, oftentimes the end of um, a competitive uh, career for some of these athletes and uh, to miss out on uh, some of those special opportunities at the end of the season when it's really the end of your career. You know, I mean, 
yeah, I played baseball in high school. And I went on and played slow pitch softball, you know, for 40 years and whatever. So I got a little, a little competition, but it's not, you know, it's not this, at that level. And so to have that last opportunity at that kind of level to participate kind of just wiped out uh, is, is really difficult. So you know, all the, I think the IHSA has done, you know, a great job in trying to follow what the public health people are saying is the best practice and knowing that that may be what they're saying in June and July, it changes. And, you know, we've got on the elementary school level, the, the uh, baseball and softball seasons were off and now they're on. And uh, so it's, it's a tough thing. And, and I, I think people, the people who are being highly critical of the associations, uh, I think are, you know, are out of line. It's, it's, you know, our lives have been turned upside down for months now, and it's really unprecedented and nothing that uh, the associations ever tried to, uh, you know, they, 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 they've done their best, I think, to try to make uh, the most of what they can on behalf of the kids. And they, and they say that, and I, think, I believe they, they uh, really believe that uh, it's all about the kids. And, you know, the board, the board of the IHSA is made up of high school principals. You know, these are people who are in school buildings every day and working with, with uh, high school kids every day. And, uh, you know, they're going to do what's best. They know how, how the kids feel. They're, they're in tune with, with their students and their athletes and, and their coaches. And uh, so uh, they're going to do their best to try to give them the, the, the most opportunity and the best experience they can. And so, uh, you know, it's not some... Uh, organization that's that's uh, you know separated from uh, those feelings uh, whatever it's an association made up of people who are immersed in those feelings day in and day out and so I I, I applaud you know the IHSA and the IESA for you know the work they've done to try to uh, get as much accomplished as they can. And that's something I've kind of been saying to myself during this whole process like you and I, we just show up, we announce the game, there's prep that goes to it and such, but there's, that's a whole different level of pain compared to actually being the student athletes whose seasons are getting adjusted, who won't be able to crown a state champion. Right. And it, it makes you really feel uh, terrible that they're in that kind of a situation. One final question I always like closing these interviews with, and I love closing it with this because it always seems to get a unique answer guest by guest. What is the best part of your job? Um, man, you know, I'm sure everybody, a lot of others probably say this too, you know, but trying to narrow it down to the best part is, is difficult. Um, you know, I've, I've done this for about 25 years now with the IHSA. Uh, for about 30 years, I've been on the, uh, the official bench for ISU basketball and football, you know, doing scoreboard stuff and scorebook scorekeeper stuff and the like, you know, and so um, I think the, the best part of it is um, you're, you're part of the framework that helps enrich the lives of those who are participating. Um, I just, uh, I, I love, I, you know, I love the action and, I, I, uh, uh, I appreciate the people I work with from the IHSA and whether I've got some great relationships there and, and people at Illinois State. Uh, 
but it, really it's all about the participants, the, the kids and the coaches uh, and the fans. And um, I think, you know, that's, that's what you got to recognize. It's not about you. It's not about, uh, you know, so, some people like to, as a, as a PA announcer, try to in, um, inject some enthusiasm into, uh, into the thing. And if you're a, a home team PA announcer, you know, that's fine. And, and that's, if that's what, you know, your school or, whatever is, is hoping uh, uh, for. And, and, and that's fine. I don't have any problem with that, but you know, in a more neutral situation, you're trying to uh, inform, uh, provide some enthusiasm. You don't just, you know, throw it out there without any, any excitement in your voice, but you have to be excited for both sides. And uh, w- what you come to realize is you are, you are helping to enrich that experience for those kids. And that, that's the most special part. Because, you know, like, like we said a little while ago, uh, this may be the, this is the last, uh, you know, team, teammate type event or something they're involved in and they get to do it in a, in a high energy situation and uh, uh, just watching what they pour into it, the, you know, the, the sweat and the tears and the effort and everything they put forth uh, and being right there on the floor, especially when, you know, for the girls basketball to see them working as hard as they do, it's just a really special thing to, to be able to help make that happen. And then to sit back when it's all over, after you do the, uh, you know, the, the award ceremonies and all, you just kind of sit back and you watch them enjoying their teammates and their friends and their family and the pictures and everything else. It's, you just feel, you just feel, it's just a warm, fuzz, fuzzy feeling about what you just helped facilitate. Before we let Jeff go one more time on social media, it's Facebook BTM Podcast Alex and Twitter is BTM Podcast underscore Alex. Next week, women's basketball voice of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and South Bend Cubs, Greg Sims is on the show. So look forward to that. Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts are how you can tune into the Behind the Mic podcast. And for today, we say so long to the voice of the IHSA state finals in football and girls basketball, Jeff Fritzen. Jeff, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Alex.